everybody welcome to fresh breath i am your host pat davis and this is the podcast where we talk about fresh topics ranging from business relationships entertainment attitude travel and health and on this episode i'm going to talk about why i started this podcast and who i am and my big failures and why you should never ever 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 give up on yourself and your dreams so i hope you enjoy fresh breath hey everybody and welcome back to fresh breath with my co-host here vodka and soda people think i'm weird because i drink vodka and soda and i have no preference on the vodka i just tell the waitress or waiter whatever is cheap but here's the thing it's refreshing but at the same time i drink it because beer gave me this beer belly And I never thought that I would be a guy with a beer belly until I hit 27. And then my dad told me it gets worse at 30. And then even more worse, if that even makes grammatical sense, at 40. And then even worse after 50. So no wonder we die at 70, 80, 90. Because shit just keeps going downhill as we're drinking beer. So, well, that's all I got. Anyways, so fresh breath. Just want to talk a little bit about why I started the podcast and who I am a little bit. Just give you some background as you listen to more episodes. It's always nice to know about the person because I listen to other podcasts and try to find out, are they really just a normal person or are they a person behind a mic and a headset who's just telling you what you want to hear? So I started this podcast to just give you fresh topics right here from business to relationships um, how love is, how friendships work, how meeting a random stranger is, you know, being a good neighbor, things like that, different types of entertainment, such as food, music, sports, how your attitude can affect every aspect of your life, traveling and the different experiences in the world, the amazing wonders you'll see and the people along the way, and lastly, health topics and trends, you know, anything ranging from a good workout to how the keto diet works and so on. So that's Fresh Breath. It's an acronym. Um, if you didn't just catch it, it's business relationships, entertainment, attitude, travel, and health. I almost forgot what the last one was. I even have it ran down in front of me. So I'm a genius. Um, also wanted to give you a background of who I am. My name is Pat Davis or Patrick Davis from my great uncle. I am born and raised in Montana. And if you don't know, the word Montana actually means mountain because there's a shitload of mountains in this state. Unless you're on the eastern side of the state, then you more got hills and a shitload of antelope. And I'm realizing right now my dog snoring is in the background of my podcast. But we'll put music over it just in case. I got a black lab here named Ann and she's 13 years old and she sleeps more than she walks. So we'll just let her sleep and be in the podcast as the background for the first one. Because this is real life and I'm not going to what do they call it? Sugarcoat anything. And we're not going to sugarcoat you, even though you'd love to lick sugar for the rest of your life until you died like it was cocaine. Anyways, wanted to give you my recent life experiences from the last seven years and recent to me is seven to 10 years, just to let you know who I am and the failures I've had and 
how it's not that easy to really try to take control of your life, even though people go, yeah, go take control of your life, do the things you love, and when life gets you down, just like smoke weed and feel better. Well, I smoke a lot of weed and it's not that easy. So I just want to give you a bit, a better background, not a bigger background, a better background of somebody who is just a normal person from a state that most people don't even know about and what I've tried to do and what's led me to this moment right now where I'm talking to hopefully people who are going to listen one day because um, I listen to a lot of podcasts and I hear what people are saying and sometimes I feel like they're so edited that I don't know if they're actually being real or if they're just reading off a script all the time. It's not like the Joe Rogan episode where I can just watch them and I can tell that they're drinking whiskey and hanging out. So I just want to be as real as possible and I'm not going to censor how I feel. And along the way, I'm going to try to interview as many great people as I can, including my friends, family, and hopefully some famous people who have went through hardships like I have. Um, born and raised in Montana, like I said before, I came from a good family. I have two older sisters and my dad, who's been a production miner for one of the biggest platinum palladium mining companies in the United States. Um, had a very alcoholic mother who I haven't talked to in a long time. And it's been a lot of shaping of who I am. So getting out of high school, I was angry and wanted to really make something of myself. So once I got back from college, I was still confused and lost. Thinking that college was the answer because that's all I knew. You know, you hear it before where go to school, get a good degree, get a good job, have a great family, and then wait till you're 65 to retire. And I just knew that wasn't me. But at the same time, I knew I had to make something great for myself. So I went to school hoping to get a business major because I guess that was my excuse to say I was doing something because I really didn't know what the hell I wanted to do. But I was living in my sister's basement and she was probably six, seven months pregnant at the time and I needed to make some money. So I started washing cars at a buddy's. Um, his dad owned a dealership. I don't know if anybody's heard of Hertz Car Sales. Um, they sell their rental cars. So I started washing their rental cars that they would sell on the dealership. And I, I worked there for a while. I, I was doing a lot of stupid shit. I was partying a lot, you know, smoking a lot of weed, which weed isn't bad as long as you're responsible, but I wasn't very responsible at the time. I was probably more responsible than a lot of the idiots I hung out with, but I didn't, I didn't fully understand what the hell I was doing. Like most 18, 19, 20 year old guys, they think they know what they're doing. They think they know everything, but the truth is you have no idea what you're doing and you know nothing. And at 27 years old, I still question if I know what the fuck I'm doing and if I know anything. So, but I did see that the people at the dealership were driving nice cars, making good money. And every time I walked into the showroom, they were just sitting around. So felt like that was something I could probably get on with pretty quickly being a millennial. Hey, hang out and drive a nice car and make 60, 70 grand. And when I was making 825 an hour, that seemed pretty sweet. So I begged the GM there, my buddy's dad for a long time to let me be a part of the sales team. And he gave me a shot when I was 20 years old and I hit the ground running. That was my first time making real money. And there I was doing what they were doing. I was driving nice cars. In good money, I wasn't paying for rent, living with my sister, so I was able to do well. I was driving a nice sports car, a Mitsubishi Evo, if anybody knows what that is out there watching 
Too Fast, Too Furious. I had one of those and I was the typical bro. I, I was pretty, pretty cool with my sweet car and my Justin Bieber look and my Oakley sunglasses. So I'm sure everybody knows what that looks like. Um, and I, I did it for a long time. I did it for a solid, probably almost five years. And I had gotten into a bad snowboarding accident and I was out of work for probably three months. And I, during that time, I just was like, man, do I want to live on a car dealership lot for the rest of my life? And there is nothing wrong with working on a car dealership. It is a great way to take care of your family, great freedom. And it's honestly easy money for what you do. You talk to people and they come in and want to look at a car and they buy one. But I just knew it wasn't something for me. And I felt that there was something more out there. And I felt like I was going to waste my life missing out. And I was scared of looking back on why the hell did I try something different? So I got back. I, I probably made it a month after my accident back at work. And I put in my two weeks and left and I drove across the state to Missoula, Montana and started living with my girlfriend with no plan, no job. I took out my 401k. I owned a house at the time. I bought the house when I was only 21 and I sold it and took all the money and I took the whole summer off. I took about four months off and just hung out and tried to figure out who the hell I was and I started writing a book um, and I published that book on Amazon. Check it out. It's called Do It For You. Remaster the way you think and live the life you want. And the point of the book was so many people do things based on what other people think they should do. And I would say a very small amount of people actually do things and chase their goals based on what they want to do. And I have never been so in such a passionate disagreement with that. I still have people going, why do you do it this way? You ever thought of this? You should try that. And I, it's respectful to listen, and you should. You never know if they're going to tell you something. But the problem is that the whole world, and especially our nation, has told us, well, you're supposed to have a job that's 8 to 5, Monday through Friday, and so that's 40 hours a week, and then you should only get two full days to yourself, and then you should repeat it. And I just don't get that. And I see all these people, I'm sure everybody else out there does, podcasters, travelers, bloggers, vloggers, Instagram influencers, Twitter, and it's possible. And it's possible. And that made me want to do this podcast because after I wrote that book and published it, even though I didn't make millions on it and I knew I wasn't going to, I knew it was the step forward to something greater than just working for somebody who gave you anxiety. You had to check 20 emails a day wondering if they're going to call and go, why haven't you done this? You're not hitting your quota. And I just feel like that was exactly what I was afraid of, was looking back and going, man, I didn't even give it an attempt. And whether any of these podcasts make it out to people who are going to listen or not, and if you are listening and you feel the exact same way I did, then you need to take a leap of faith. You need to try something else because it's not worth it to feel absolutely miserable at all. I don't care what it is, whether you're dating somebody, you're in a shitty job, or your neighbor keeps having your dog shit in the driveway and it's not their driveway, it's your driveway and they don't pick it up. If you're miserable, you got to do something about it. And that's what I finally did. When I left that car dealership, I said, this is the time. What I didn't expect was 
when it was time to fail. I thought I had it all figured out that I could just jump. So let me tell you about the failure and what you should do or what I think you should do if you are going to take that jump on this first podcast. So when I got to that new town, I didn't know what I was going to do for work, but I knew I wanted to buy another house because I firmly believe you should buy a house. Whether you're going to live in two years, sell it or rent it out or get a whole book of real estate, you should buy land because I swear to God, they're not making any more of it. You can even check. I even checked with the world and it's round and there isn't any more land. They're just going to keep either building on it or destroying it. So buy some land. It's going to go up in price. I swear to God. Anyways, and don't take my advice fully. I'm not a real estate expert, but that's what I think. So I wanted to buy a house. I got a job and it was a recruiting job. And my other job at car dealerships, people just drove into the lot and they go, hey, I want to look at this car. They drive right by you and flip you off because you're a car dealer. But this job was cold calling only. We were recruiting for a manufacturing company. Um, I don't even know what type of manufacturing it was now that I think about it because I hated the job so fucking much. But the job itself was literally like a boot camp but a boot camp corporate style where you thought you just might tie a noose to any closed beam and kill yourself, but you didn't want to freak out your coworkers. So instead you just, I don't know, I'm getting dark here, but that's how it made you feel. You wanted to kill yourself either way. So it was about four cubicles on one side, four cubicles on the other. And I walked in there and they're like, yep, $3,000 a month guaranteed salary for the first three months i'm like fuck yeah i'm just gonna milk this nine grand and not try so i got into it and you're required to make 100 cold calls a day i had never made a fucking cold call in my life so i was shit my pants i was like hiding in the other room trying to make a cold call so other people want to hear me and i was bad i'd make a dial and people would actually answer unless i hang up (laughs) I was so scared of it and it was so funny because the second day I was there I got called into the office already and the boss he he looked like Dracula he was hilarious think about it I can't even remember his name was but he he looked just like Dracula oh that's right his name was Sam and we would call him Count Samula (laughs) it was funny because he got fired like a month after I started there for stealing from my company or something so that gives you an idea what kind of company i was working for but he called me in there and he goes hey man how's it going and i was like good i'm just trying to figure out how to do this call thing i'm reading the script and i don't know it's just hard he goes well i mean you only had 30 calls yesterday and i'm thinking well fuck that's a lot of calls dude and he's and i'm like yeah is that okay i'm just trying to figure out how to like do the intro and they're giving me all these objections or they're just hanging up on me. He goes, well, you got to get your calls up. I mean, I'm just worried about you already. And I was like, oh, fuck. So I went back there. and I just started pounding the phone and trying to figure out how this whole thing worked. And I I made it through like the first five months after Count Samuel got fired. And I got my first sale and I recruited this guy in a big manufacturing company out of Ohio and I got so lucky I just called him and said hey there's a job 
Are you interested? He goes, I'll, I'll do it for 110 grand. And the company just goes, yeah, we'll give him 110 grand. And I made a $28,000 commission because recruiting commissions are just insane. If anybody is curious, you can make 20% of their salary if they get signed on. So 110 grand, the 25% or whatever it was. I don't Maybe my math's way off. It could have been 40%. Either way, whatever the math is, if you got a calculator, came out to 28,000 and I got 40% of that commission. I think I made $12,000. I got that sale and we had a new manager at the time and I only made like 20 calls because usually veterans, as you move in, you start getting the vibe, you start sending emails, you start doing texting. You don't always have to pick up the phone and dial. I get called in and goes, I got to write you up. I'm like, what are you talking about? I just got this huge deal. He goes, yeah, you only did 20 calls. The boss says I have to write you up. So he wrote me up. And I went home and I was pissed. And I talked to my girlfriend. I was like, what the fuck am I doing? This is exactly why I left what I was doing before. And I wasn't even, I didn't even have a bad job that they treated me good. I drove brand new cars. I could pick any car on the lot I wanted to drive. I walked in and people go, yep. Can I look at this? Can I drive this? Can I buy this? I made 60 grand. And now I'm sitting in this four by four cubicle with a no shit, a security camera above my head. And they're counting every single dial I make and listen to every call, even checking every email I made. That's how severe it was. I made an email one time. I got an email back saying, why would you send this? Because I said it weird or some shit to them. And, and I was just like, God, I'm just not happy. What? I'm mad at myself for getting myself in a worse situation than I was before. Maybe I should have just stayed. And my girlfriend being the person that she is said, no, you're good. If you're not happy, maybe it's time that you look at something else. And I thought I understood the business well enough, which I didn't. I just felt like I did. And I took my big commission check and my tax return. And I said, okay, I got three months. Let's see if I could just make this recruiting thing work on my own. I went on my own and it fell right on my fucking face. I I called five bazillion people and I got a couple contracts, but I never was able to place anybody and I ran out of all of my money. And the worst part was that not only did I run out of all of my money, I also racked up a shitload of credit cards because I didn't have a choice. I had to use my cash to pay my mortgage and my car payment, but I needed the credit cards to pay for my food and my bills, my electrical bills and utility bills and all that stuff. Because, I mean, you can't make your house payment on your credit card. They won't let you. So I was in deep shit. I, fuck, at the time, I probably had 15 grand in credit card debt. Then plus I own a car. I had a lot of debt. And I was struggling bad because I didn't really have any money to pay for the card. So I, I had to get a job. So I panicked and hopped on Indeed. And I started applying for jobs. And of course, the first thing right away, I had a bunch of dealerships who wanted to hire me because I had experience. And it's hard to find somebody who has good experience, who's young and wants to go make commission sales. So I got hired on at a super dealership and I was so mad at myself because I was like, fuck, I'm, I'm literally going back to exactly what I left. Excuse me, I had to burp this vodka sodas. Give me a bubbly in my tummy. Um... I was just mad because if I was going to go back to car sales, I was like, well, shit, I should have just left, stayed at the place that I was at because they treated me good. I mean, it was a good family place. 
I had to, I got to drive every free car and new car on the lot. And they gave me free gas, free insurance, and it was just a good spot. I just knew it wasn't what I wanted to do, but I, I didn't have another choice. So they hired me on, and um, sometimes I do believe things happen for a reason because the day before I was supposed to start, um, one of my girlfriend's co-workers worked at the radio station. They worked at a brewery together, but she also worked at the radio station, and she said, hey, uh, you told me your boyfriend wrote a book I would like to bring him on just for a young millennial segment we're doing on the radio show just to talk about what millennials are doing uh so I thought it was cool so I went on there and talked about my book and she was like hey Maddie was saying that you needed a job too and it's like yeah I'm supposed to start at this car dealership but I really don't want to she said well hey we got a job here for a digital salesperson it's outside sales. You can give that a try if you wanted to as a base salary. So the next morning, I took another leap of faith and I applied for the job and I got an interview right away. But I was supposed to start that Subaru job the next day. And the day I was supposed to start selling cars again, I called in and I said, hey, man, I'm, I'm, I can't do this job. And he's like, well, what do you mean? I said, this this just isn't right for me. I, I don't feel right doing it. I, I'm sorry for wasting your time. And I returned the shirts he gave me and I went all in on that interview and turned into a gruesome interview. I did about five interviews and they hired me and so it worked out and it was a good base salary. I mean, I made a good base salary and they sent me out to North Carolina and I did all the training and all that jazz and I'd been doing it for a year and a half and it's, and it's funny because whenever things are bad, you just look for anything to make things good. But when you have it good, you're always looking for making things great. And I got into another point where I wasn't happy again. I was still trying to dig myself out of all that debt. Um, and I was angry. And I felt like I just had failed so severely and just blew all my plans. And thank God I had such a great support system for my girlfriend. I probably would have just given up and, I don't know been a hobo or some shit because that's how awful I felt. I was drinking a lot. I stopped working out. I'm an avid health person. I love working out and I love being in shape. And my biggest fear has always been out of shape. And I just gave all that up. I didn't care anymore. And I drank a lot. Um, and my depression was severe. And sometimes I even found myself so upset that I couldn't get out of bed because I was so mad at myself and I felt like there was no way out. Um, and I kept pushing. I definitely did. I just, I just kept pushing. And uh, the house I had bought, me and my girlfriend stripped it down. We painted the whole thing. It was a little old lady who passed away who owned the house before. She didn't die in the house, by the way. Sometimes I wonder if she's in the attic or watching me somewhere. But she's been good to us so far. But uh, rest in peace, by the way. Um, we painted the whole thing and. You know, things happen. We had a flood in the basement. We thought that was the end of the world. So thank God insurance worked out. But it was funny too because it flooded. And at the same time, the water heater and the fridge upstairs went out. No shit. In the same week, we had a flood. We went to Buffalo Wild Wings to watch a game and eat some food. We came home and the whole basement was flooded and like gushing flood. And clean that up, strip all the flooring out. Next day, the water heater and fridge go out. And we're just like, and not only that, we're broke. Like we had roommates living in the basement. They had to move upstairs. My girlfriend was a bartender. 
I was barely getting by and we were just trying to do everything we could. And I was just like, man, I just can't get to break. And I had never thought I'd be one of those people going, oh, I just can't get to break. Because those people fucking suck. And I've even caught myself saying it last six months when shit's bad. It's get that out of your head because if you just always feel bad for yourself, then you're never going to feel good about anything. So I just, I was at that moment. Good, can't get break. Everybody sucks. I suck. I have no money. My dog has a limp. She doesn't, but that's just how I felt. But my dog was dying, which was my basement and had no finances and just felt like a fucking loser, to be honest with you. I just felt like nothing was ever good enough and I wasn't going to get myself back in a better spot. And I always just expected more out of myself. And well, I mean, things work out if you just keep pushing. And I wanted to give up a lot. Insurance came through. They We lucked out and the insurance was able to cover the water heater and the fridge somehow. They replaced the whole basement. And we were able to just make it work. And we got through that summer and my roommates moved out. They moved away and my job got better. I had got a couple raises and my base salary bumped about 10, 15 grand. So that helped. Girlfriend got rid of her shitty job at this franchise restaurant started working at one of the best bartending jobs in town and was making phenomenal money so things were just getting better and but there was still something about the money and my job and everything I just wasn't happy and now I I, I talk on this podcast about little before I move on to my next step we put our house up for sale and the house we bought two years ago, we bought it for 250 grand. I, I put all my savings down on that house. That was part of the reason I went in such a bad spot because I had a bunch of money and I put it all down on this house. And then I tried to take on that business and it all flopped. So I was house broke, had the house, but I was definitely broke. And the market hit, it just fucking boomed. And we're sitting on now a $60,000 flip after two years and it just was absolutely insane and things just work out if you keep going so we're about to close on this house and I'll be able to wipe my whole slate clean and after that we're going to go travel and I guess the whole point of everything I've just talked about is that when you come from humble beginnings and you forget what you're doing and you think you know everything you don't And it's okay that you don't because when you don't know everything and you fail like I did, you'll get humbled again real quick. I think one of the biggest things to remember too is that things do get better and you should never give up. Um, It's always easy to do the easy thing and usually the easiest thing is to give up. And I still want to. I want to be lazy. I want to not do this podcast or I want to not take my dog for a walk or I don't want to make that phone call because my job says I have to. Um, it's just sometimes you got to do things you don't want to do and keeping your attitude right and positive is so difficult, but your attitude's everything. If you don't have a good attitude, then you're going to have a hell of a time. And it is, believe me, it is easy, easy to have a shitty attitude and go, everything sucks. And I still do. I did it today. I was pissy about everything going on in my house. We ended up having a mold issue and it just was a shit show and I was just like, fuck man, is this ever going to end? And I was like, God, 
just can't be like that because it's going to be okay. So if you're having a hard time out there and things just seem to not be going your way, I promise if you have good intentions and you care about people and you try to make people smile and you just keep going, things are going to work out. So that's all I got for this episode. I'm going to see you the next time. Well, I'm not going to see you, but you're going to hear me on the next time. I hope you're listening. This is Pat Davis with Fresh Breath. Take care.